Yo guys, what if music was aligned with your heart rather than your wounds? This is the Music Fit Podcast. Let's do this thing. All right, welcome back, my dudes, my dudettes, my fam jam. How y'all doing? Like, you're going to be able to answer that. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to make it quick here. I am so excited for our guest this week, the spiritual DJ himself, Brady Brewer. But first, before we get to that here today, I did want to talk to you about some very exciting news we've got coming up this Friday, May 21st. We are hosting a jam. Now, a jam in the Music Pit Collective is a little different than the Musician's Jam, where you get together and play music. We get together and we get to supercharge our practice and performance and bulletproof our body from overstrain injuries and that rock and roll lifestyle. So if that sounds of interest to you, head on over to our Instagram at WeAreMusicFit and you'll see the link in the bio there. Now, like I said, very excited for our guest here today, Brady Brewer. So without further ado, here's the spiritual DJ himself, Brady Brewer. My dude, what is up? That song is fire. Oh, it's one of the, it's one of my favorite songs. It's such a great like amp up walk in song, walk out song. I know, right? It's just it's got so much. It's got the like not to draw comparisons, but you know we we do as as musicians. It's it's like it's got this Skrillex feel. It's got this like it's almost way back to the uh the massive attack kind of vibe for me as well like it's just got so much flavor in there what what's the story on on that track my man what's the story on that track dude like it to i imagine there are many stories on that track but what i do acknowledge and what i love about glitch mob is the way that they just suck you into the music they suck you into the experience of their music. So with, with as much as was going on there and, you know, coming into this podcast, whether, whether you're coming into this podcast, like you or I right now, whether you're somebody that's getting ready for a workout or a big meeting or whatever the case may be, that song will get you fired up. <laughs> it- it did it for me just now, man. I'm just like, I've got chills. I'm like, I'm ready to go. It feels like I'm ready to go out for the biggest game of my life or or when I was skating, like that's my intro. Okay, cool, we're ready, we're in the zone. I'm in, and it comes right back to the center. Like it's right here, I feel it right here, right in my heart. And it's that mm-hmm. to me. Music is so powerful, man. This is why we got yeah. you on the show. Ladies and yeah. gentlemen, we got Brady Brewer coming all the way. Where are you coming in from? Man, I'm coming coming in from South Tahoe, California. Beauty. I got to get mm-hmm. down there, man. Haven't been. Haven't been. And uh, and my man, I'm just, you know what? I could give the intro. I think you've got it down. What what exactly do you do? What is uh, what is the the credential? What's the CV for Brady Brewer these days? Brady Brewer, the spiritual DJ. So I am considered the spiritual DJ because the work that I do, if you can imagine the way music 
affects us, impacts us, guides us. Um, I, the way I coach and support people is through uh, the way music impacts our consciousness and really um, allows us to engage with our lives and our experiences from a, from a wholesome, grounded, uh, connected place. So that, that looks often like going into the mind, going into the memories, going into the stories. Uh, it looks like going into the heart. It looks like attuning the chakras and really bringing us into the body. And um, that's done through music. Absolutely. With, with music. With, yeah, with and through and man, I've, I've just come off so many real cool conversations about how impactful and how much a musician can really leverage their art, their creativity from the inside out. You say some really, really cool things. I mean, just going back to, to Glitch Mob, how I was experiencing, wow, cool. It's so inside of me. Can you speak to what music did to you? Why you got into what you're doing? Yeah, totally. You know, when it, when it comes to that song in particular, like by, by the Glitch Mob, I really experienced that in my root, in my solar plexus, and also in my in my like heart and throat and uh what's so beautiful about that is that it really brings me into this warrior lover energy right so i've got i've cultivated this safety within myself i've really really empowered myself to show up in my life i have claimed the identity within myself you know as the man who who does that who gets to do that and uh also you know from from the heart and the throat space um, as as warrior lover uh, in those archetypes, you know this this service to the world is coming from a heart place and is very activating uh, for my voice. So that song, you know, when I talk about really tuning into the chakras and getting into the body, that song brings me into this energy that I am safe, I am strong, I claim and take ownership of myself. I'm connected to my heart. I'm in service and I'm using my voice to, to convey that message, right? So, so how did I get into this is, you know, I think back to around 1998, 99, and that's the, you know, that's the first, you know, my earliest memory, at least of checking in on what the lyrics were saying and like getting curious about why I was feeling the way I was feeling, listening to the music. It was uh, the first song I actually pulled the booklet out of the front case of the cd you know the front cover of the cd case was the uh, a hits record by garth brooks and the song was ain't going down till the sun comes up <laughs> yeah. oh boy yep. what a legend yep. oh man I, I was sitting on my bed there was a boom box right there on my desk i dropped the cd closed it hit play and it's like man like he was singing you know that's a song that he was singing the lyrics in a very fast rate and I knew that I felt excited and I, and I knew that I didn't understand what he was saying. So I pulled out the <laughs> lyrics to read along and, uh, and it, it's a, you know, that song is such a fun story about, uh, you know, being a young, I imagine a young teen or an adolescent going to pick up a, a cute girl to go to the rodeo and mom is saying, have her back, you know, have her back before dark and then saying, nope, like we're going to the honky tonk. We're going to the river. We're hanging out all night. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and that energy is such a beautiful energy. So like, 
as uh, as the story goes, you know, I, you know, my background, my family did a lot of moving around. There was a lot of, I've been exposed to a lot of change. And the thing that's been constant um, for me in my life is music and my relationship to music. So like, you know, amidst all that change, how, you know, how, what was there to help me understand myself, the music I was listening to, what was there to help me really um, cultivate, uh, you know, those feelings of, of safety and understanding and feeling heard and seen um, that allowed me to really connect to my, you know, stay connected externally and also internally, um, you know, through all of that, you know, all that life experiencing. Looking at, let's say, lyrics, lyricists out there right now, when you've got a songwriter that's putting out their everything inside, and especially now over the last, you know, year or so, we've all extreme challenges, um, regardless of in, in the music industry or not. What would you what would you say for the artists out there putting out that stuff that is real raw? and could negatively affect the rest of their world like with the message that they're singing like it's great to push out there but when we're coming from a place that's really really negative on the inside and then showcasing out there it disempowers a lot of uh, folks if you if you take a look at any of the top 40 lyrics especially there's a lot of victim mindset there's a lot of conflict language out there is there anything that you would suggest that artists could do um, to instead have their message more empowering? Mm, mm, mm. So, you know, the artists and musicians of our time really are, you know, I imagine the, uh, the way showers, they are the lamps unto our feet. They are, they are the, um, they're really carrying a, a torch that is, brightly shining uh whether they know it or not and so what's so interesting about our culture and our society is that you know there there is so much language and um an emotionality that 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 many people are attracted to and that, that language often tends to be conflict language it often tends to be uh you know that connectivity often comes from that victim mentality because now we're validated in our experience. And while musicians are, you know, there are, there are many musicians who are really speaking from the heart. There are many musicians who are really speaking what they're being told to say. And there are many musicians that are, um, that are also, um, and that, you know, really speaking from their own unique experiences that, uh, that regardless of how they're helping, they're helping. And so like, so how do we, how, how do musicians make their messages more empowering or more empowered is to be mindful of the language, of, of their uh, authenticity and of their heart. Is this really coming from, uh, you know, questions I like to ask myself is like, is this coming from spirit? Is this coming from my heart? Is this coming from, um, a wholesome connected place or am i blame throwing am i in a victim mindset am i just angry and expressing anger to just be angry mm. um 
you know, there's, there, there's, there are a lot of directions that we can take there. And, you know, what I appreciate so much about musicians is that they often are the people who have the courage and also the knowing to express things in a way that's, that so many people um, are unable to do themselves. I know you and I have had this conversation in the past too, where we talk more about coming from a place of wounds. And if, if we were able to better channel that, that message to heal first, and then communicate the same, um, the same message in different terms as a, as a point of source of healing, do you think that the listener then would have a better understanding that if they're experiencing that same wound, they can then too come out into the light, come out, heal from their wounds because, you know, that song now, instead of just being angry, there's a, there's an action point. It's not just a conversation. There's an action point here. You can be angry. Here's how we roll with it. Now, do you think that that's a possibility with music? Yeah. So there, there are two things happening, you know, two very, very clear things happening as we're listening to music we are we are engaging an emotion and we are either uh indulging it or we are being moved through it so often you know when we when we are experiencing um a song or a lyric uh, again that's validating how we feel and it's possible that that validation is just keeping us in that emotion it's also possible that that, uh, that lyric and that song is inspiring us to go into the motion to process it and move through it. So um, when it comes to the musician really wielding uh, the power of that, uh, they're, they're doing it regardless. You know, like what's so beautiful from, what I imagine is so beautiful from the perspective of the musician is that writing the music and playing the music is where the healing begins. That, that initial expression, that initial connection, that initial um, awareness that just comes through their hands onto the guitar or onto the keys of, of a piano or you know through the body if you're a drummer like yourself, right? That the action of expression is inducing the opportunity to heal something. And when it comes to being a musician, it's also the process of touring and playing the music and connecting with the crowds is also, it creates a, symbi a symbiosis, a symbiotic environment that creates healing for all. Um, and so, so again, when it comes to whether you're the musician or whether you're uh, the listener, like it really boils down to, am I indulging this emotion or am I being intentional with moving through it, like connecting with it and moving through it? Yeah, no, I love that. And that comes back to our, uh, our backgrounds. You know, you, you're gone through the strong coach, your mm -hmm. fitness, strength, conditioning, how much of that physical element the, when we talk about people, when they come to us, um, I've, I've experienced this, maybe I'd love to hear your perspective on this. They come in and they want to, they want to go, they just want to push through it. They really needed that workout. They really needed to, you know, sweat it out. Is that, is that the same as going to the bar? 
Yeah. So, you know, if, if, uh, if any of you listeners out there, and I know you yourself are aware of Paul Check, you know, he's, he, he makes the distinction between working out and working in. And so uh, I came to that awareness uh, a bit later in, in my uh, life, you could say I was, I was done training. Um, but just to, to give you, you know, a quick story, um, from 2007 to 2014, I was bodybuilding and powerlifting. And it was around 2011 that I really came into the awareness of the way that I was resisting the way that I was repressing the, the way that I was suppressing the way that I was withdrawn, like my life had led, uh, led me up to a place where I was just off. <laughs> um, and, you know, I'm really thankful to the gym and gym culture and bodybuilding and powerlifting and those circles, because that was the healthiest outlet that I um, stumbled into or that I could have stumbled into to, to uh, be with myself, even though I wasn't really being with myself, you know, so like being in the gym, working out, lifting weights, um, it was extremely cathartic, extremely cathartic. Um, and nothing was really moving except for the weight. I was just throwing slabs of meat onto my frame. And when I, you know, in retrospect, I was really just armoring up. I was armoring up against these emotions and these experiences and these memories that I just didn't want to feel that I was angry at, that I was, um, you know, just not okay with being with. Um, so uh, ironically, I was also a bartender and a bar manager. So I was in that environment at the same time. <laughs> oh, man. That's like a, that's, oh, that's too much. It, it, well, it, it was, it was too much. It, I, it was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot. And, and, you know, that's what's so interesting about the timing is that, you know, when I was bodybuilding, I was really committed to bodybuilding. So I wasn't drinking. And when I was powerlifting, um, I was really committed to powerlifting. So I would party here and there, but I was more devoted to the, to the art of building my body than I was to really bypassing through drinking and this and that and the other. I will say though that that was happening regardless. Yeah. So to answer the question, man, it's like, you know, how can this be utilized in the gym? You know, I think about, you know, at that time I was listening to bands like Lamb of God and Asking Alexandria and uh, really going deep into some metal. And that, you know, songs like Omerta by Lamb of God would prime my, my being to go into war you know, go into war with myself in the gym. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is that we are wired for peace. I was training for war, but we as human, we as just beings, as these loving beings are wired for peace. And so that, you know, the music that I was listening to and the way that I was training and living uh, was really, I was in my own way and that I was protecting, guarding, armoring up against reality. And so I was simply sitting in the essence of my pain rather than really moving through it and really processing it. 
And so what's been so fun uh, these last few years is to go back into that music, right? Call that music back into the present moment and revisit the energy and the essence of who I was within that time so that I could be, you know, really approach myself with a curious and compassionate heart and begin to actually heal the wounds that I was resistant to, to really going into and feeling. Quite like esoteric style, you, you can now Absolutely. look at yourself from back here rather than being right in it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like right in the story, your, your hands in your face, you can't, you, you're just, you're right there. So you, you don't have the, the periphery to, to look back and go, oh, whoa, 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 where am I? Now you've healed that piece. You can revisit it from a safe space, from a place of, of love. And I love how you drew into uh, to the check. That's where I first learned that. I was the bro trainer, just like going for it. Hockey player going yeah. Yeah, injury after injury. Just play through it. Hit it. Go. You can do this. Talk like absolutely shit talking to myself too. Like, all right, come on. Fuck the pussy. You know, no, just fuck the throat. <laughs> you know, everything. The, the worst. You, I would never, ever, ever negations acknowledge speak to my best friend like that. Why on earth am I talking to myself like that? Breathe sit back now i'm out here and you can go back wow that was an interesting time yeah man very interesting time and check was the guy that really you know when you get hugged by paul check you've made it right like <laughs> 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 that was a moment for me man i'm like oh dude he he recognized it was like he saw into my soul he he's like good to have you a part of this and good to see that you're seeing it now i'm like wow and just Oh, the the way Paul Check can say it, just the way that he knew, he saw my soul, he knew what was going on. I was back here, I was breathing better, I wasn't up in my chest, I was looking back and going, cool, from a place of love. So important. How cool is that coming back and revisiting that now? Like, what have you learned? Oh, it's amazing, man. Like, um, you know, when you when you say like up in my chest. Uh, you know, breathing, breathing from just from your neck to your, to the top of your chest there, it's such a sympathetic state to live in. Right. And it's sympathetic in the way that we're in a constant state of fight or flight or freeze. And so like, I'm so thankful to, uh, to have this presence and this awareness so that I can really get my breath down into my body. I can bring myself into that parasympathetic state where I'm present, I'm connected, and I'm in that more rest and digest now where, where it's like, okay, I can really just sit into this experience, into this emotion and digest it. I am safe to digest this experience and carry myself through to the other side so that I may fill this space now with something new that is serving me. Um, so what have I learned, man? You know, what I've learned is that I was repressing a lot, a lot, a lot of anger and a lot of sadness. And I was utilizing that anger to, you know, I was channeling that anger into the barbell and I was channeling that sadness into the barbell. And when I, when I revisit, you know, that version of me through the music, that I was listening to, I've learned that I was really withdrawn and really dissociated, and really distracted. And um, I've connected the dots to some of the memories and stories that I wasn't allowing myself to feel angry because, uh, because it was more important to support my family 
and my mom who was raising us mostly on her own um, than it was to support myself through feeling my emotions, which I wasn't taught how to feel. You know, there was just so um, I've dropped into some of those memories and just allowed myself to feel the sadness that I felt then. Um, you know, because what's interesting about these emotions, man, is like the, we've, for me, I suppressed it for 26 years. <laughs> That's just a it few. Took, <laughs> yeah, just, a, just, just a few years. A couple decades, like, so, it's all right. <laughs> so imagine, imagine this dam has been built up and there's just this river of sadness pressing out against that dam and it's just ready to break, man. And so finally, instead of just letting it break, it's, it's just letting it open, letting it come through. And so, um, you know, what, what I've learned uh, is really how to be in a, in, a, in a space of compassion for myself and for my, you know, for my, the members of my family that had an impact on the character that I became. Um, and having a lot of compassion and empathy for the characters that they became as a result of the way their lives went. And um, it's really, it's just really been an expansive and beautiful process to, to connect in this way. Yeah. Now in, in your industry, what, what would you, what would you suggest when, when it comes to what you've discovered, what I've discovered, what some of us, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say the majority, but there's a there's a good handful now that are getting in tapping into this what's once taboo esoteric wisdom what would you suggest the the industry can start to do uh regarding that the industry being the music industry or the personal development let's space? let's go with both because i see i see a very big crossover let's start with wherever you want to start let's start with uh, uh personal development because it it's there now right? It's definitely there. It's, it's not woo woo anymore. There's, this is, this is backed by science now. And the, the people that were once on the fringe are the ones that are the absolute rock stars in there. Let's, let's start with that. How does that transpire? How does it transpire into the music industry? That's cool. So how does esoteric wisdom transpire or translate, uh, into the music industry. Um, you know, what's interesting is that it, it already has. And so let's take, for example, the, the possibility and also the reality that um, back in the 60s, uh, music was tuned to 440 hertz, which is eight hertz apart from the frequency of the universe, which is 432, the frequency at which we all naturally vibrate with planet Earth. Music was tuned to 440 and there, thereby creating dissonance and dis-ease in society as a whole. And through that channel of dissonance and dis-ease, it made us more malleable, it made us more easily, um, more, it, it made us more easy to manipulate and control right so when it comes to esoteric uh the presence of esoteric wisdom um you know it would appear unwise to 
affect a culture or a collective in this way. However, you know, if you're, if you are the 1% who has their own best interest at heart, that's the move to make. So being aware of this, now we can choose to listen and find music that is tuned to 400 and, you know, 432. And Prince was well known for writing music with, at 432. The Beatles did some music at 432. There are tons of playlists that, that have music that are tuned to 432 hertz, which, are, which is very heart connecting. And um, is also just, it brings you into the natural state of creation. Right, so we've got our we've got architect language. We've got uh, you know brings you into a state of architecting your reality. Um, so that being said, now that we're able to take our power back, <laughs> Rage Against the Machine shout out right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Oh. Um, <laughs> now, now that we're able to take our power back through the music that we listen to. We, we, get to, we get to acknowledge when that lyric hits or the drop uh, really lands and uh, tune into the energy that's behind that. So what, you know, uh, yeah, and tuning into the energy that's behind the music that we are resonating with gives us the opportunity to time travel, you could say. Yeah. Right. So I'm I'm listening to music that I listened to nearly a decade ago to drop into that energy and um, cultivate, create, change, shift, release, heal, whatever you want to call it. Um, and, you know, there we, we could even go further, um, you know, by listening to uh, tuning into the music that was created by our heritage. So like I've got some Scottish German. So if I were to listen to some, um, you know, Scottish, you know, some of the music that the tribes listen to in Scotland, what if something activates in my DNA, right? So what if we're really getting into the ancestral side of, of, of the way music can influence our awareness and our consciousness? Um, Apart from that, you know, it's really uh, what's what's also important to acknowledge is that when it comes to music, and depending on the musician that's creating the music and the the uh, agency that they have or the connection that they have to the collective, you know, let's take Taylor Swift for example. She's got millions and millions and millions of of people ranging from the ages of what 10 11 12 to everyone else <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, right is, yeah my grandma omi she loves t swizzy there you go right so like Crazy. so awesome. so this this being called taylor swift is writing music that is impacting generations of people and so is you know a question that comes up for me is is she a part of a machine that is mainstream um uh is she a part of the machine or is she really in uh coming into presence with herself and with her heart and and sharing music from a conscious place that is authentic and um from a state of love that may then ex you know give somebody the opportunity to expand their awareness of themselves 
um, which is again brings us back to musicians really wielding this power and this courage and bravery and authenticity that expresses a message expresses an emotion expresses a story that connects so many people to that experience and to that expression to that emotion and is ultimately a permission slip for them to to come into presence with themselves it's, it's a wild thought to have that much power and to see artists give that up where we're at now like in this last year we've had a lot of people that are misidentified as a performing artist well what happens when a performing artist can't perform if they only identify as a performing artist, what does that look like? What for those listeners that are perhaps a performing artist that is not performing, that identifies as a performing artist, not performing and is sitting waiting to perform. Mm -hmm. What can their music do right now? What, what options do they have to channel that same ambition that they had to get up on stage to find a new stage? Well, th this is what's so fascinating about this um, this season of of being and this uh, chapter of man, you know, twenty twenty was a wild year for everyone, and what I found myself being excited uh, for in regards to this last year is the kind of music that's going to be produced from this chapter, this chapter of the human experience, right? So, so to answer the question, you know, when it comes to being a performing artist and not having a place to perform now or having fewer ways and places and stages to perform on, is that how do we redefine performing? How do we redefine what performing is? How do we how do we evolve? Right? Music, like, dude, music will always find its way. The heart will always find its way. Love will always find its way. Like in this time, like the Renaissance will always find its way. And so, you know, what's really, you know, my heart really. I'm, I'm feeling two, two answers coming up to this question. It's like, well, the performing artist can find a way to perform and the performing artist can also um, take this opportunity to truly sit with themselves and, you know, and, and really sit with the music in a way that maybe they haven't before. Yeah. Does that, does that resonate for you? Big, big time. I love that as an artist myself too. Um, that's, that's exactly what I did. Took the pause where Mike of old, go, 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 go. Two steps ahead. If you're not moving, you're, you're stopped. You're stuck. Recognize there's a lot of opportunity here. And part of that comes back to when I hear all of these problems, literally, artists will say, there's all this, what's the biggest problem? Well, the problem is this, that, the other thing, not enough venues, we have to perform with masks. It's just all these problems. What if you delete that word from your vocabulary and just insert opportunity? Mm 
mm-hmm. you said something very interesting that I'd like to possibly, it's not really a challenge, but just eye-opening. Um, you said there's not as many stages to play on. Cool. Not as many conventional stages. A lot of unconventional ways to be a performing artist right now. And there's a lot of artists that are doing it, which is a very interesting thing because if this was, if this was a fact that there weren't, then how are some doing and some aren't? Your reality is exactly what you want to make it, right? Mm-hmm. So when you say there's two answers, I totally agree. I sat and then, okay, sit back, go get a lay of the land, you know? I'm saying, okay, cool. This is what I've got. I've got all this music that came out because it was an expression of my myself and what I was feeling. And it, it still came out. Sure, just not in the same sense of what it would have two years ago, three years ago. I would have been in a rock band. I would have been probably playing the drums live, right? This just gave me an opportunity to explore my creativity in many, many other avenues, visual art. And I know I'm not the only one. I'm just giving my experience of visual art. I picked up the MIDI keyboard, learned how to play that. Picked up guitar, learned how to play that. Picked up a steel tongue drum, learned how to play that. Holy, learned how to produce, <laughs> how to mix, learned how to do better. Like, right. I'm sitting there going, we focus so much of our what if on all the catastrophes. Yeah. What if I never get to play again? Well, what if you do? What if you find a new way to play again, right? What if you found the the world of zoom and the world of the internet right now you've got an endless audience you've got an ocean Mm -hmm. endless opportunity to put your stuff out there it's just rethinking like you said reframing that idea of what performance is much like i did with my own personal training and looking at conventional yeah we don't have the gym we don't have that used to you know spent 10 years in the gym well, now it's unconventional exercise. It's swinging a mace around, swinging a kettlebell around, using your body as your barbell, moving, just dancing. Like <laughs> there's so many forms of expression. It's, it's endless. And what took for me was that ability to get out of my own way. I literally got out of the story that I was living that, okay, that's not the reality right now. What is? Well, guess what? I got agency. I can create it. So I love when you say you can co-create reality with music, man. It's exactly, exactly what I did, which is cool. And I know a lot of, a lot of other artists are doing it. So it's not a fact that you don't have stages, guys. (laughs) It's just, you're not looking for them in the right places. Right. Yeah. This, something that came to mind as you were talking was, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not, I'm not remembering what the name of the festival was called, but there was a, uh, you know, a small, uh, back in like the late nineties, early two thousands, there was a small festival that took place in, um, I think it was Bush, Bushnell, Illinois, or, or right. it was a small town in Illinois. And it's where, as I lay dying really went big and, wow it's how they really got big and they started out playing on these little wood stages that a bunch of kids built in in you know on on a piece of land where we could gather and and listen to music yeah um and so it's like you know con- conventionally you know bands are used to going to 
you know, to bars, restaurants, small venues, big venues, whatever the case may be, and in, in playing on a stage that's made for them to play music on. Well, as these places, uh, I mean, my gosh, man, I was in Kansas City in 2020, and a couple of our venues closed down because they went out of business. Mm. And so like, so, you know, in this past you know, these past 15 months, 16 months, doors have closed, venues have closed. Um, the, there are fewer stages, floors, spaces to play in. And you know what, how do we, how do we create, you know, now that space has been created, how do we fill it with something new that is of service and, um, regardless of what is suitable for the time in what way can we create spaces and create stages and create opportunities for music to find its way and for people to find their way through music um you know um yeah i i get it man no i get it i'm just i'm sitting here going yeah. like leaning in i'm like oh man we, we've talked off air too on how um, specifically, this might, this might be a cool direction to go here. Um, let's, let's go this way. When you're working with somebody with music in a, mm -hmm. if it's a one-on-one -on -one session, what, what does that, what does that look like? Like, what is your, how has your training adapted to the scenario that we're in right now? Um, how has your coaching gone? Yeah. So this, this really was, was born out of the realization that, um, that music and story work had had really you know i had found a way to lead myself through some really difficult experiences and remain connected and even strengthen my connection to my heart and and to spirit and um and so how did how did the time affect or impact my my training and my my practice was it, it developed it. It, get, it gave me space to really develop it so when i'm working with somebody and we are we are talking about life and engaging um the experience of our emotions and feelings and sensations that um that are experienced as a result and a response to life you know well when this is all happening, when we're all living our lives, music is this thing that's always and that's always present, um, and you know, always and never. This is very binary language, but like, music is something that is there. It's with you in the shower. It's with you in the car. If you have a job that you can work with headphones in, it's at work with you. It's probably in the kitchen. I imagine it's it. it it's with you in the gym like it, it's it's a music is our companion for life man and so as we are experiencing life and responding to emotions and sensations you know because of how so many of us were raised which which is in a in many ways disconnected from our emotions and sensations right how do we, how have we taught ourselves to feel these things? Well, we've borrowed emotion from music. We've borrowed awareness from music. We've borrowed the experience of our life from music, from the story that somebody else is telling. And so 
what ends up happening is when we come into a, a space or a place within ourselves that feels a bit sticky um, or we could use some backup, it's like, okay, well, what music is really landing right now? What music are you really connected to? What music really brings you into yourself and into your experience? And then we, we begin to connect the dots so that now, um, you know, now we really have an opportunity to build a bridge from, uh, you know, from the experience and from the sensation to, you know, to the heart, because the heart is where we can really get accurate, where we can really get connected to the essence of what is, what is being the reality of what is. Um, from a state of love, because that's also ultimately what music, uh, what I find and have found that music is doing is that it's bringing us um, or guiding us into the opportunity to choose love. Dude, that's, man, I, I would love to just sit in on one of your sessions, man. Like, what, what is it like? Like it being a, being a client, like, what is that client experience? Like, I'm, I'm just so drawn to it. I just, I want to experience that for, for myself, man. Like, I just, <laughs> like I'm really interested on like what happens in that room, man. Like, what is that well, like? How did, how, first of all, like, hang, hang tight. What, how did you get into that? How did, how did that become, oh, I'm going to do this. How did what you just said become that is what you work with to get people out of their own way and clear things up and, and really come into that heart center place. It, it came from, um, oh man. It, it came from, um, really just being bold and courageous enough to, uh, provide structure and share it. Uh, you know, this, this, this practice was something that I was doing with myself unconsciously. And then in 2020, I came into the awareness of what I was doing and that it could help and support, you know, and serve a lot of people. And so what happens now is um, like, okay, Brady, well, you've got this, this gift that you can give now. What, like, let's package that up. Yeah. And, you know, so I, I started providing, uh, you know, this really, uh, a lot of the work was done through strong coach, um, that a lot of the work, um, a lot of the work that I got to do on myself to become the version of myself that, you know, creates structure that now animates this thing was done. And so, man, really, it was just being, being open uh, being willing, being bold and courageous, and also providing enough structure for myself to frame this up, to um, <laughs> box it, wrap it, and give it, and uh, really get connected with 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 those who who share this relationship with music, right? Because not everybody does, and that's okay. Um, but for those that really do, for those that really um, are connecting with music through the experience of their lives, you know, what ends up happening is, uh, you know, maybe, maybe you're at work and you're really um, struggling to feel heard by your peers and that not feeling heard is creating a lot of contraction, a lot of disbelief in self. It's really impacting your confidence 
well, let's check in, you know, like what, what is hold, what music is holding space for you in this, in this experiencing, in this emotion, in this sensation. So we listen to the music, we get into the lyrics, we get into the personal story. Often we wander into this kind of more, more dark place in the mind, dark in the way that it's, that it's something that has been maybe in hiding. It's something that we can't see. It's, it's, uh, it's a shadow in the way that um, an aspect of our psyche has fragmented somewhere. So now we associate this experience and this emotion with, um, you know, for example, for all you enlisted coaches, we, you know, we'll four step into an awareness of, oh, so you were 11 years old and you weren't allowed into the room um, that, uh, that an ill family member was in to say goodbye before they passed away, right? So we tune into these emotions and, and these, and, uh, these feelings and these sensations, and we get crystal clear on what uh, the place that they're being created from. And often it is in the unconscious mind or the subconscious mind. And there is, a, uh, there is energy to release. There's a lesson to learn. There's space to create. And there is now an aspect of your identity that you get to really connect, uh, connect with and co-create through. Wow, um, dude, that, that just to like, it sounds like you're using music as the medium, the, the vessel to help channel those emotions and process the thoughts of these traumatic experiences in people's lives. And you being a spiritual DJ, you're a curator. You're literally just taking a soundtrack of somebody's life going, what's really resonating with you from this time? Right. Let's dive in. How can this help move you through rather than working out, you know, work through this, right? How can it help move you through rather than indulge and sit in? Very, very important. Um, for the listeners, what's the difference there? So the difference between moving through it and sitting in it is you know, let's say you're the person who is at work struggling to, to connect and feel seen and heard by your peers, um, which then relates to this experience that you had as, as a child or adolescent, you know, the difference between indulging that emotion is, um, yeah, the difference between indulging it and sitting in it is that you know, as this, uh, you know, when you go to work and you're experiencing that uh, contraction and that frustration and that um, that sensation of not being accepted, right? Well, now you may just find yourself getting uh, a bit resentful, uh, potentially closed off, frustrated, and um, unwilling to show up in that space from a powerful, you know, in a, in a powerful way. So now you're just indulging that sensation. Now you're just sitting in it. You're just, uh, you're, you're feeling it and you're allowing yourself. Yeah. You know, really what's happening is like you're the, the victim archetype is really, um, showing itself. Right. Mm -hmm. So the music now is giving you permission to just be a victim. What happens 
you know, when you choose not to sit in it and you choose to move through it is that, um, you know, especially when you're working with me or a story work coach or, um, you know, personal development coach, whatever the case may be, it's the opportunity to, to go in and, and acknowledge, oh, when I was 11, I wasn't allowed to go into, go into the room in the hospital and be with my family member. And that was really confusing. And, um, you know, I felt really brushed aside and unseen. And this now is projecting into my present moment. So moving through it is uh, allowing yourself to feel what that felt like. It's creating, creating space enough between you and the sensation uh, and, also cr- and also like telling, not asking, telling your ego, like I am safe to feel this right now. Like I thank you for protecting me all these years. I am, I am okay. I would like to go into this. I would like to feel this. I would like to heal this and then move through it. Let go, let it go right so now what do i want bring Mm -hmm. that in i want to show up in the in the workplace from a powerful in a powerful way i what i have to say actually does matter and can support and serve my environment so who do i need to speak to in order for that to come through and come into the space and oh i see myself just because somebody isn't hearing me or seeing me doesn't mean that I'm not seen or heard. It just means that they're unable to listen and hear what I'm saying as a result of the lens that they're experiencing life through. And that has nothing to do with me, right? So now I get to take, again, take my power back. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that, and that, gives, that gives us then, or that gives the individual agency over their life. It gives them um, space to uh, really experience uh, the fullness of what life has to offer. Because if, you know, if you're repressing or suppressing or just giving your power away uh, or leaking energy to the, per- to the person that you're frustrated with in the office, um, then that may be leaking into other areas of your life very very accurate and that's where i see that going back into the music world that's where you see all of these things where we get into that victim archetype like you said yeah they come in and it sits and it affects them now they don't practice because there's no place to play now their relationships poor because they've built up this resentment that has nothing to do with their partner uh, their family life is turning into the same it's a it's a toxic toxic thing so when we can turn that dial down and get away from it. I love how you said that, you know, just getting away from that moment, get stepping back, letting yourself be like, yo, listen, I'm okay. That's fantastic. That's a great way to put it. And, and, and to, to reword that, you know, it, it's, it's less about getting away from it and much more about creating the space from really creating space enough you to be with it objectively and that that space you know it's like it's like you you know mike if you and i had a difficult conversation to have the invitation would be to check our emotions at the door you know so 
what's what's so interesting about going back into these memories and these experiences uh and like interesting as myself to revisit past brady it's like okay i am checking my ego at the door and by checking my ego at the door now i have space to sit with myself in the discomfort of my life's experience mm. um so it's it's not yeah like when i when i hear um for me what came up was you know when it when when there's when there's space between the stimulus and the response you you, you get to make an empowered choice mm -hmm. and um and you yeah and that empowered choice isn't made stepping away it's actually made uh sitting down and and being with it yeah leaning in leaning yeah. in right yeah yeah then what would you say when we create that space um i agree yeah stepping away is is the not not what i what i intended it now looking back i'm like oh no 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 creating that space leaning in being with it and being okay with it being able to feel being able to hit those emotions being able to get into our emotional body Mm -hmm. What would you say for somebody that's sitting there going like, I know there's this thing, the should, the, the I should, I should do that. I yeah. should, I should play my guitar more. How many times have I heard that in the last week, man? <laughs> I should yeah. play my guitar. I should play my drums. I, I'm uh, guilty as charged, man. What would you say to somebody that's doing that? You should, you already know it. What do you do at that point? If, if they were approaching you, Hey man, can you help me out? I should play guitar more. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would tune into why aren't why aren't you playing it now? You know, um, I, I, I really should be playing the guitar more. You know, that that feels like you're guilting yourself into doing something that you may not actually want to do. So like, do you actually want to play the guitar more? You know, mm -hmm. and if you don't, are you okay with that? And if you're not okay with that, what's that coming from? You know, so there's there are many aspects to to the self that are dictating this this uh, perception that I should be doing more of something. Well, listen, man, if, if you don't actually want to play the guitar more, don't play the guitar. more. <laughs> yeah. What do you want to do? Do more of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just want to make cookies, man. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. And, and that that's that really just is a is a purveyor of, of guilt, you know. So then on that, do you think that that comes from somebody else's perception of you or what, what you have, you're allowing, again, giving away power, you're, you're giving that power to say the social expectation of you as maybe a musician or as you as what you, your friends know you as. I can relate back to that. I was the speed skater, right? I was an athlete when I was forced to retire, right? When I was when I chose to retire, right? That's, that's me looking back yeah. now. But when I was in it, I was, I was made to retire. I had to give that up. And now I've been stripped of my identity. So when we talk about identity, if a guitarist should play guitar, doesn't actually, where's that coming from? Is that possibly the fact that they've been known as the guitarist all their life and they're afraid to break that? Totally. Absolutely, man. Like, so what, this is really interesting because back in 2014, uh, I moved from where I was at. So I went to, I went to school at, at Kansas State in Manhattan, Kansas. And uh, I, was, I was known for being a bodybuilder, powerlifter, strength coach, 
you know, this, that, and the other. So my identity was very rooted in strength culture. I moved to Kansas City in 2014, and that identity was, you know, quote unquote, stripped away. That identity uh, shifted. I no longer, uh, for me, I no longer had that identity to hide behind. So what was really fascinating to observe is like my relationship to training then began to evolve because if this isn't what I am anymore, then what's my relationship to, to lifting weights and why am I lifting weights? Like, and am I lifting weights in the way that I used to, regardless of whether or not my body can handle that. Right. And so like, what's interesting from the perspective of music is that, you know, now the identity of musician is stripped away. Like, why am I playing music? What music am I playing? What's the energy behind it? Like, and, you know, if you were the musician that began to move away from playing music, it's like, okay, well, do I want to return to this now? Like, is there, um, you know, I've been disconnected for a period of time and now I'm reconnecting and something's different. Well, the, the, the something that is different is you. Like you're a different person now from, from the end of 2019 to the beginning of 2021 you have changed. And so what is your relationship to playing music? Right? What is your relationship to? <laughs> uh, yeah, period. What is your relationship to playing music? And how has that shifted? And are you allowing yourself to be with that? Because if you've evolved away from it, and there's this idea of, I should still be playing music, well, maybe your time playing music is is coming to an end mm -hmm. or or the uh the way that you play music is shifting and you get to come into the awareness of what that shift is and amplify it um and it's okay if you're done and it's beautiful if you want to keep going it's incredible if your craft has now evolved right to what degree do you want to engage that and move forward is the question i have that's huge, man. That's worth his weight in gold, man. That's, that's such a great question too. And one I find I'm asking a lot of folks that say those things, the, the shoulds, right? Well, why do you, why do you think that? Mm -hmm. So it's really refreshing hearing that from your side too. Uh, cause when we identify with that, we can come into it. We can be okay with this new identity. We can come in. Oh, well, you know, maybe music, what if music didn't mean I had to put out a record every year? What, what if I just did it for myself and played it for my kids? I love music. I just want to do that. But when it becomes a job, it becomes taxing. We don't know that until we ask those questions. So, so that's, that's super cool, man. I could go all day with you here. I want to be respectful of your time. Um, let's have some fun though. What, yeah. dude, what did you, uh, I know all that heavy, hey? <laughs> <laughs> let's bring Exhale. it <laughs> right get into that breath yeah. guys diaphragmatic let's get into it right my question to you though if you could put a bang it like your dream lineup for one of those festivals you know as i lay dying that kind of thing like your dream oh, festival what is what is the band of choice who's headlining where are you seeing this show who's the bucket list festival for you dude 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know, right? Um, that is a heavy handed question, my friend. <laughs> Uh, You're just getting started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, talking all that esoteric stuff, and now we come in with that. Oh man! Uh, let's just get super grounded right here. <sighs> yeah. Um, yeah, let's get super grounded in our imagination, um, dude. That's a beautiful question. Um, my, you know, the festival that I that I would create in my mind would be uh, one of those festivals that has music for everyone. And, you know, I'm thinking the musicians that are coming up for me are, you know, I really love a, uh, it's a conscious metal band called North Lane out of Australia. Cool. Uh, I really love, um, man, like Trevor Hall, uh, Nako, Rising Appalachia. Um, dude, like. I love bands like Re Revolution and Ayaterra. I would really love to see uh, Nick Mulvey. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, he's more of a uh, more of an a, more of an like he's got like a, this conscious indie acoustic vibe. And you know, it's really interesting that that I'm making this distinct distinction between conscious music and music that is is could be labeled not conscious yeah um you know these bands are, are really speaking to um the energetic of consciousness right um but dude like i would also really love to see uh you know some electronic producers like closey and okay, yeah, yeah. Um, Lane 8, who my friends just bought a bunch of tickets for uh, to go see him at Red Rocks. Um, I really enjoy listening to some some of the more heavy stuff like LS Dream and the occasional. Um, oh, man, just some of the, the occasional like really bassy dubstep. Oh, yeah. Like <laughs> it's the, all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just huge and heavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you really feel it right here, and then you're like, oh, man, shouldn't have, shouldn't have those burritos, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, you know that sub is coming, and you're like, yeah. like that reggaeton stuff, man. That stuff is heavy. Yes, Heavy. Love I, that. Uh, uh, man, I saw, I saw a guy named uh, a producer called Minnesota. Have you ever heard of Minnesota? I haven't. No, no, no. Okay. So he's, he, you could consider him, you know, some, some space bass. He's, he's an interesting, uh, style of music and it was a really small venue. There were probably, I don't know, 50 to a hundred people there. And, uh, he hit a Brown note. Oh, wow. That's, nobody <laughs> wants for to those of you that, yeah. For those of you that don't know what a brown note is, it's, it's a bass note that, that is vibrating at such a low frequency that you may or may, may not lose control of your bowels. And uh, it, was, it was a wild experience. So, yeah, watch, watch those burritos, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just got to be careful, right? Uh, Taco Tuesday is not the bass festival day, okay? You just <laughs> stay, stay home, kids. <laughs> like, that's yep. the thing, right? Dude, I could go for 
hours and hours and hours just talking so much just riffing I on music and stuff that, dude this is this has been absolutely fantastic i feel like I, I gotta go meditate after this for sure like i feel like really really clear on on intent and actually understanding more of myself so thank you first of all like you just even just talking and listening and, and hearing your perspective on how music can really influence your soul and get you back to heart heart center and work through things that's what i personally took away um and in a grandiose fashion, I, I realize that I do that. I, I definitely do that with my music. And that's why I listen to music. It's very rare. It's basically these times are the only times my music, I don't have music on, like consciously. I have music playing 24 seven in my life. For those of you who are wondering, oh, okay, what does Brady do? We connect the music back to our memories. And even as a young kid, I would, I would remember as an artist here, Canadian, uh, Tom Cochran, um, famous for Life is a Highway, which has been covered by every everybody who covers songs ever. And that song and that artist especially, um, that was my drive to hockey music. That and the Tragically Hit. Like I would just, that was me in the car with my dad driving to the game, going to the next barn, all of Southern Alberta, just like we would, that was it. That was it. Big leagues was the the anthem for me growing up. My boy's gonna play in the big leagues. That was that was my identity. Mm-hmm. I was gonna you know make pops proud. And it's so interesting now sitting back and going like leaning back in and going oh wow that's a very interesting. So that's what I got out of it. And mm-hmm. that's just that's so cool when you can be so away from it but leaning in to have that space and like you said letting that ego just you know tell them to tell them to go hide over there put them in the back seat buckle them up you know yep, cool. yep. i got this bro <laughs> yeah there's nothing there's nothing to to uh for you to protect me from right now no we're good right how cool is that man now if people are uh are interested in in getting connected with you where's the best place for uh for them to find you reach out are you on the socials what's uh what's the best way to to do that yeah the best way to do that is going to be on instagram uh my handle is the spiritual dj uh my name is brady brewer and uh the name of the, you know, the name of the work right now you know I, 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 how long it remains the high frequency life is unknown but right now it's called the high frequency life and uh, yeah it's really um, yeah we, we get to really get on that upward spiral of connecting with life connecting with our hearts and connecting with each other through music Dude, so, so good. Thank you so much for holding space and, and sharing this uh, with the listeners and myself too. I really appreciate that. Final question though. We got to know, what do you play? What do you, what's your instrument of choice? Yeah, man. I, uh, so my freshman year of college, I, I had the privilege uh, to enjoy playing rhythm guitar in a metal band. Whoa. And uh that was a ton of fun. And right now, uh, occasionally, you know, I'm traveling with my acoustic guitar and occasionally I'll pick it up and, and give it a strum and just return to that, to that space. And, you know, when somebody else has, has a guitar, we'll pull them out together and just explore. So that is my instrument of choice. The old six string guitar, man. Yeehaw, I, I like I like how I just the old six the old yeah. guitar, man. You brought, you brought back <laughs> <a> guitar, <laughs> brought in <laughs> there, boss. Yeah, 
dude and that yeah. there you go that is the power of music he started with garth he finishes with garth right there <laughs> oh, full circle oh, dude i love wow. it wow brady thank you so much i look forward to uh seeing all that uh that comes of this and any way that we here at music fit collective can help and empower your world and bring more good to your hood please let me know you know i'm uh i'm right there for you dude rooting and uh i'm really excited to see how this thing takes off it's, it's likewise fun. likewise and for all for all you mus musicians out there keep going keep going we will find a way all right folks how about that the spiritual dj here to enlighten you from the inside out brady brewer thank you so much now for those of you on the inside cool kids on the block here at the music fit collective brady's actually putting on a little jam ski okay one of our style of jams next wednesday may 26th we're going to go live with the man himself, the spiritual DJ, on all the things that we just talked about. Okay, So mark it down in the calendar, and if you're yet to pick up a Music Fit membership, that's okay. We're going to have the link. You can come try this jam out, see what it's all about, see what kind of stuff we got in here. Then you got an option. Yeah, Then you can decide, hey, this is cool. Hey, nah, it's not for me. All right? I have a feeling you're going to be like, yup, I'm in. So... Keep an eye out for the link. If you're yet to follow us on Instagram or Clubhouse, the handle's really simple. We are Music Fit. Okay, we got a hashtag on that too. So if you're doing stuff out there, fitness, working your brain up in the gym like Fergie Ferg, working your brain, working your body, doing what you got to do, we want to know. How are you staying music fit? Hashtag, we are music fit. Tag us. We are happy happy to see what you guys are all up to so please feel free hashtag we are music fit tag us let us know how you're staying fit all right uh man final thing final thoughts oh right coming back to what i talked about in the top we got a jam on friday supercharge your performance supercharge your practice and bulletproof your body yeah, you want to avoid those overstrain injuries from practice, and you want to be able to manage that rock and roll lifestyle when things kick back in full swing, right? Let's prep you up. Let's get you optimized right now while you got the time. So join me 533 this Friday, May 21st, okay? The links are all up in the Insta, okay? So have a follow. Say hey. Let us know where you're listening. Do all those things. And until next time, folks, y'all stay sweet. Peace.